2: the live version of Catholic Drive Time. First nation indigenous peoples of Canada. Stories are in the headlines. Churches continue to burn down. Catholic church is burning down. I think there's at least eight, probably more uh, because unmarked graves have been discovered there. More than 70% of the schools of uh, these indigenous uh, uh, population schools We're linked to the Catholic Church in Canada. and So what is the story there? What is going on? Why are people burning down Catholic churches primarily? I think there are Protestant churches as well, uh, buildings being burned down. But uh, why is this happening? We're going to have Kennedy Hall on our program to conversate about what is going on with the Catholic Church burning in Canada. That's coming up in the What's Concerning Us section. We're looking forward to having Kennedy Hall back on. In the guest segment today, we're going to be speaking with Sonia Corbett about the father wound. Now, you may or may not know, I I produced a documentary film on the father wound. Uh, I just showed it. It's actually... Week before last, again, uh, what an honor it is to do so. But uh, today we're going to talk about the fa- how the father wound affects women. I'm very fascinated by this. Uh, so Sonia Corbett, the uh, the Bible Study Evangelista, Evangelista dot com is her website. She will be our guest in the guest segment in this hour to conversate about that. It's going to be a jam packed show. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. Don't forget you can always hang out and comment. Watch live, listen live, right on our webpage, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Janelle.
3: Good morning, Joe.
2: You survived the 4th of July weekend. Yes,
3: it was a wonderful, long three-day weekend, and I'm very grateful for it.
2: Praise be to God. Anything fun happen?
3: Um, Ooh it's very early so I need to refresh what happened <laughs> um,
2: let's see what happens on 4th of July weekend stays on 4th of July weekend is that what you just said well
3: no I, I actually had a very um, very mellow 4th of July weekend um, instead of um, partying uh, like usual <laughs> years, I spend a lot of time in adoration. Praise be to so God. That was, that well, good was for great. You. <laughs> awesome.
2: I did not get enough sleep. I wish I could have slept about another 10, 12 hours at least. But
3: You and me both. Mr. God's Pedro. will be
2: done in all things. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is
4: here. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. How was your weekend? Oh, it was wonderful. It was very delightful. Yep. Got to uh, pop a lot of fireworks. Really? We had mariachis. Uh, for my grandma, it's my grandma's wow. birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday, grandma! Happy birthday! And uh, we and I slept till nine o'clock every day, so it was really nice <laughs> every day. Yep, Monday, uh, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, and Monday slept. Tonight. Wow, I'm so jealous. Yeah, it was
2: That's really amazing. great. Hey, I watched two movies over the weekend. Um, one was Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. Uh, brand new. It's a. It's, he made it for Amazon Prime. It, it basically it's a, it's a Jurassic Park with time travel involved. So. That's that. The other one, which was as surprising, and I came across this by sheer accident. Did you know this? Should we ought to make this a trivia question? Did you know that before the movie The Sound of Music was made, uh, there was another movie uh, made before that, and the the original movie was in German. Were you aware of this? Nope.
3: I was no. not aware of this. We
2: we watched it over the weekend. It's amazing, actually. Wow. English subtitles. It's in German. The acting was fantastic. And it was interesting to see the differences between the original German version and the English version that came out later with Julie Andrews. So uh, fascinating. The original Sound of Music. It's on YouTube. You can check it out for yourself. We loved it. We're big uh Von Trapp fans at the house. At any rate, praise be to God, we survived the weekend. We can get back to it. It's going to be a great week. We have some interesting guests lined up for you this week. I think we got uh, Father Matigue coming. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is coming. Uh, Mr. Norman Fulkerson is going to be on the program. Talk about patriotism. Michael Knowles may make an ap- appearance this week. Uh, Joe Ga- Gamal-, Gamal, how do you say Gamaldi, his name? Gamaldi? Oh, that's right. Defunding police and the rising crime. Uh, is going to be on this week so we're going to have a a great lineup of guests for you this week so tune in and share with friends let's join with prayer and get started in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay.
3: Looking at the headlines today from the church militant, Vatican intensifies crusade on anti-vaxxers. The Pontifical Academy for Life is stepping up its crusade against so-called vaccine hesitancy by co-opting scientists on globalist bodies to attack anti-vaxxers, who they claim are spreading misinformation and fake news. Misinformation is one of the core reasons to vaccine hesitancy, Professor Frank Ulrich Montgomery, chair of the Council of the Pro-Abortion World Medical Association, told a Vatican press conference Friday. Dr. Ramin Parsa-Parsi, head of the International Department for the German Medical Association, stressed that globalist health agencies were partnering with the Vatican to confront vaccine hesitancy by counteracting vaccine myths and disinformation. While the scientists struggled to provide adequate answers to questions on the safety and efficacy of the experimental jabs, PAL head Archbishop Vincenzo Paligla, who presided over the presser insisted that the Vatican had already dealt with the moral issue of vaccines using fetal cell lines from babies murdered through abortion. Church Militant asked both scientists why they persist in derogatory name-calling by using the label anti-vaxxer in scientific discourse. Are scientists willing to acknowledge that the debate over the safety and efficacy of the vaccines Sorry. Of the mRNA vaccines in peer-reviewed medical journals like the British Medical Journal, the New England Journal of Medicine and Vaccines, is contested, Church Militant pressed. Church Militant's Rome Beru sent a report from vaccines to the scientists before the conference asking for a response. The scientists published being the study concluded for three deaths prevented by vaccination, we have to accept two inflicted by vaccination. Church Militant also asked why award-winning medical researchers like Professors Suhasit Bhakti and Karina Rice are being cancelled in the discussion over the COVID-19 shots, instead of being included in the scientific debate because this is what science is all about. Dr. Parsa-Parsi replied that by insisting that apart from the jabs, there is no direct treatment available right now. The jabs, according to Parsa-Parsi, are highly effective and can save millions of lives. He added that there is a very clear message from the Pontifical Academy from life. Especially when it comes to vaccines, all the questions and all the clarities have been checked. And I think there's no reason why we shouldn't be confident that the vaccines are a blessing for our patients and for the people, Parsa Parsi emphasized, evading the question of adverse effects. Irish Catholic medic Pat Morrissey, who watched the discussion online, told Church Militant that the scientists did not engage with any of your issues honestly explaining that he himself had no conflict of interest. How then have I successfully treated so many high-risk patients with hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin if Dr. Parsa-Parsi claims there are no direct treatments available? Dr. Morisi asked. Montgomery's pronouncements as the WMA representative are shocking, giving the 1964 WMA Helsinki declaration that states fundamental principles of ethics protecting patients from being subjects of medical experimentation," Dr. Morrissey remarked. Also from the church militant, U.S. Catholic bishops attend a conference promoting same-sex marriage. From June 21 to the 24th, the Association of United States Catholic Priests held its annual assembly in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Participating in the conference were at least three Catholic bishops. Archbishop John Wester of Santa Fe, New Mexico, Bishop Richard Pates of Crookson, Minnesota, and Bishop William Wack of Pensacola, Florida. The Lepanto Institute was on location for the duration of the assembly, holding two rosary rallies of reparation for the heresies and sacrileges being promoted by the AUCSP while further monitoring the activities. While the AUSCP has vocally supported homosexuality in the priesthood and acceptance of active homosexuals in parish life, This is the first time that outright support for same-sex marriage has been openly promoted at the Assembly. I'm Janelle and those are your Headline News for Tuesday, July 6th. God love you.
4: The saint of the day is Saint Romulus of Faisole. He was born in the first century in Italy, on present-day Italy, and was converted by Saint Peter the Apostle. He preached throughout central Italy and served as the first bishop of Faisole, Italy. He was martyred with Caresimus and Dulcichimus and Crescentus by order of Governor Repertarion and the persecution of Emperor Domitian. Later, the popular fictions describe him as the illegitimate son of Lucerna and her father's slave, Cyrus. And he was abandoned as an infant and suckled by a wolf and captured and captured by St. Peter when Emperor Nero was unable to do so. The story says that after his conversion and extensive training by Peter and his assistant Justin, Romulus performed extravagant miracles, though popularly reported, it's all fiction. He died in the martyr in AD 90 in central Italy. Saint Romulus of Faisole, pray for us. Praise be to God in all
2: things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 through 38. A demoniac who could not speak was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds were amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the prince of demons. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The true shepherd, the son of God and the son of David. There's some excellent Old Testament passages that we could spend the rest of the hour on just meditating. Ezekiel 34 and, and God's heart for the people. And the fact that the shepherds have seemingly abandoned them, you know, living off the fat, enjoying the good times, and ignoring the people that were placed under their care and under their concern. And it is in this that Jesus draws on these Old Testament references in order to illustrate to these people who would have understood these references that he is the Messiah King, the Son of David, the Son of God, the Son of Man that would come to restore Israel, the true church. St. Chrysostom also addresses the whole devil casting out devils by devils, right? He says, he did not only cast out devils, but he cleansed the lepers, raised the dead, appeased the storm, forgave sins by their own power, preached the eternal felicity of heaven, and brought back man to God, all which the devil could never do, never would bestow upon mankind. St. John Chrysostom, there's an indictment here against these shepherds. A true indictment for their lack of compassion and pity upon those whom they are supposed to be serving. And this is interesting. The uh, Navarre commentary drew upon St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, And she said, quote, This divine heart is a great abyss which holds all good. And he commands that all his poor people should pour their needs into it. It is an abyss of joy in which we cast away all our burdens, an abyss of humility in which we discard our pride. It is a fount of mercy for the wretched, an abyss of love in which to drown our weaknesses. St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, What a shepherd we have been given. What a divine heart that comes to our rescue, comes to our need. But there is something going on here in this passage, a setting the stage for something greater to come. And what's coming next is the calling of the 12 apostles. And Jesus is here about to give this program of mercy, give this program of of preaching the kingdom, give this program of healing and forgiveness, this raising of the dead and casting out demons. He's about to give this to his 12 and to send them out. Verse 35 summarizes that very well, but here's what St. Gregory the Great said. There are few workers to reap such a great harvest. We should feel a deep sorrow for although many wish to hear the good news, few are willing to preach it to them pray for us so that our work for your good may be very fruitful so that we may always continue to preach to you in a loud voice unquote saint gregory the great don't go anywhere kennedy hall is going to be telling us about the churches burning down in canada that's coming up next gloryandshine.com a generous underwriter of catholic drive time GloryandShine.com is a Catholic family owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryandShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryandShine.com. Thank you again.
5: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org.
2: Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Sonia Corbett's going to be our guest. We're going to be talking about the father wound, something I have uh, taken a lot of interest in. I produced a documentary film on the subject. Uh, but today we're going to talk about it from the perspective of women. How does father wound affect women? You know, the power of, of fathers to make and break families is pretty immense, and we're going to have that conversation with Sonia Corbett coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now via Zoom chat, our friend from, uh, from Canada, Kennedy Hall from the Fatima Center. Good morning to you, Kennedy. Morning. How are you? Praise be to God. I'm alive, and that counts. Wonderful. Yeah, amen. Uh, I wish there were better news in Canada. It seems like every time <laughs> we talk to you, it's always negative and, and oppressive, uh, which reminds me, why are we talking to Kennedy? It's always negative and oppressive. I'm, I'm teasing, <laughs> Well, yeah, course, when you see the beard, teasing.
6: you go, okay, I'm going to be depressed after this. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing.
2: But uh, it is a very serious story. Catholic churches yep. are burning down. There was a, a great article over at The Pillar sort of describing some of this uh, the, the situation going on here, but I think it was at least eight churches have been burnt To the ground. Tell us what's going on in Canada.
6: Yeah, so I think it's six uh, Catholic churches so far, and I think a couple Anglican churches, if I'm not mistaken. Basically, there's this history of, uh, I'll give you a two minute backstory just so everyone understands what's going on. There's a history of uh, boarding schools for Native Canadians, Indigenous, First Nations, Aboriginal, whatever term is politically correct. Um, and uh, for the longest time, they were operated by thing, uh, by groups like the Oblates of Mary, these wonderful Catholic orders that basically evangelized Canada with the French Canadian orders and so forth. At a certain point, the uh, British government, which admittedly, Freemasonic, very eugenics-minded, sort of that Darwinian, Malthusian way of thinking, which was not good. They had this idea of uh, assimilation, which is a bad word nowadays, but essentially it meant let's all learn the same language, let's learn the same values, let's integrate. That's sort of the idea. Uh, So they had this system of residential schools, they were called. Now, what happened there is they basically retrofit a lot of the uh, Catholic-run schools, Anglican-run schools, Presbyterian-run schools, and other denominations in these remote northern First Nations communities. They were already in existence, but the government put some funding in and some sort of mandates about now every Native child has to go to them. So what they started doing was in some cases, in some communities, the government actually uh, took Native kids from their families against their parents' will. Wow. Wow which is wrong which is 100% wrong uh, no one is advocating for that being uh, correct however the I've talked to some priests about this the in, the intention of the church was well we've already got these schools they're going to take these kids and put them somewhere let's accept them and give them a catholic education because they're going to get some sort of education let's save their souls which is kind of the idea it's a mixed history uh, many positives. Uh, many First Nations uh, people became lawyers, doctors, whatever. Things they could not have become otherwise because there was no possible way to get educated. It was free Catholic education. Fast forward. The government obviously didn't fund these places enough. These orders take vows of poverty. Uh, they did. They pulled in Andrew Cuomo and they started doing putting things like kids with already had TB into the schools, which mm. caused epidemic problems and things. Native populations already had high rates of mortality for these diseases that Europeans have been accustomed to. That's a whole bloodlines thing, uh, you know, biology thing. Fast forward years and years. Unfortunately, in some of these schools, some abuse did take place, as we saw, for example, in Ireland with the Christian brothers. Not to the extent that uh, people will have you here, but it did happen. Okay, there was a whole reconciliation committee that happened. The Pope apologized for the injustices back in 2009. Everything was moving forward as it should. Uh, recently, the Trudeau government is acting very corrupt. That's the best way to put it, sort of a tin pot, ban a republic dictator passing laws in the middle of the night and so forth. So they needed, a, they needed a distraction. So they pulled a rabbit out of the hat and found these, what they're calling um, mass graves. Mm-hmm. In reality, what these are is they are actually just old burial plots of kids who had died while at the school, which was common at all boarding schools, by the way, and orphanages. There's a whole series of books about Anne of Green Gables, who is a famous Canadian story about an orphan, and it talks about the children that would die of epidemics, and these were white children. So it's not just some sort of native thing. It was just kids died during Spanish flu and TB and stuff, and it was sad. Um, But the government is is calling them um, mass graves, which is not what they are. They're just burial plots. Now, there are no markers on the graves. The reason for that is, and you can read the documents. They're available publicly. The church-run schools said, we can't afford to send these kids back to their communities because they were 35, 40-hour drives away, depending on where they were so remote. Um, we also don't have the money for permanent headstones. Will you please give us some the money? The government said, we will not. So what they ended up doing is they buried the children, rights of Christian burial, all dignity, all these sorts of things, but with wooden crosses. After a while, the land changed hands. Uh, The cross is disintegrated. The land is actually owned by the Native peoples now. Mm. uh, And the headstones uh, were never replaced. So it's turned into this narrative of the Catholic Church likes to kill hundreds of people and put them into graves and uh, never lets you know in their erasing history and its genocide and its uh, ethnic cleansing and so forth, which if you know anything about the history of the relationship between the Church and the Natives in Canada, it's far from the truth. Uh, But that's the problem is is there was legitimate abuse that took place in some of these schools. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to go out and say... uh, it's a politically suicidal uh, thing to defend. Let's put it that way in politics because of it's, it's like the BLM sentiment. It's just so strong. So it's gotten to the point now where um, uh, groups are burning down Catholic churches. It actually counts as terrorism under Canadian law, but no one will say that in politics. Um, But now first nations groups are actually coming out and saying, stop this. This is insane. We don't Mm -hmm. want this to happen, which is just further evidence that the left always ends up hurting the people that they say they're supporting. Because another thing as well, all these churches that have been burned are on predominantly Native land. There are many Native people in Canada who are still devout Catholics, French-Canadian heritage, and so forth. Um, And they're burning down their own churches. So just like we saw with BLM and all these groups last year, they're doing things that are actually harming the people in their communities that they're purporting to support. And that's sort of what it is right now, but it's really tough for Catholics now in Canada because um, I've literally heard people say, uh, these were mass graves that the priests used to uh, kill the children that they had illegitimately, and they didn't want any evidence. That's literally like the... And no one, is, is, no one in government is speaking up and saying that's absurd. Um, so that's the narrative that gets out there. Mm-hmm. Pandora's out of the box, and you can't put it back.
2: That's the thing that surprises me the most. Kennedy Hall's our guest. these with the Fatima Center. We're talking about the, the churches burning down in Canada here. And what surprises me, especially among the uh, the bishop statements in Canada, there, there seems to be ver- almost no pushback on this narrative of mass graves mass graves leave an image in the mind of mass murder yes uh and that is not at all the case uh as you stated these are children who died they were given rites of burial given a wooden cross which is long since gone but nobody's even pushing back on that. I'm even looking at the Pope's statement, which he says, I joined Canadian bishops in the whole Catholic yep. Church in Canada and expressing my closeness to the Canadian people who have been traumatized by the shocking news. I mean, as you said, uh, Benedict XVI apologized in 2009. And Trudeau is asking for a Pope to come to Canada and apologize mm. personally. But it seems to me like we can call a spade a spade, something we like to do on this show, and yet also say, hey, hold on. There, the, this mass grave notion is really inappropriate.
6: It's wrong. A mass grave is a giant hole in the ground where you put people you've executed or something. Right. This is just a graveyard. Like, if you were to drive by a cemetery, you say, look at that mass grave. No, it's just, it's a graveyard. Uh, there are separate plots, and they haven't dug... Anyway, it's, it's, it's a big mess. The problem is, though, people say, oh, you're trying to excuse bad things that happen. No. If you want to know what I think should happen when abuse takes place... I can't say it on air because I think the punishment should be so severe. Okay. Sure. So, uh, but that's not what this is about. This is about a separate thing. This is not about the abuse. The problem is though, this is the, um, this is the economy of grievance. Um, It's, we literally had a thing called the truth and reconciliation commission. It was actually a really good thing. Native leaders, church leaders got together. They did a bunch of research with anthropologists and they went through all these things And they had actual reconciliation. I remember watching the release of the statements in late 2014, live, and one of the Native gentlemen who was in charge came out and said, I'd like to thank the Catholic Church. I'd like to thank Pope John Paul II, and so on and so forth, because this was great. This was great. This was great. That was the actual commission. Wow. This information was already worked out by 2015. You can read the report. LifeSite did a good uh, uh, release on that. And um, But it's... It's, it's the same as the reparation talk in America um, uh, you know, for, for, the, for the African-American history and so forth. It's the same Marxist ploy, and it's a distraction that Trudeau is using because the coronavirus narrative is falling apart in Canada. It's turning out that there are literally labs in Winnipeg that were selling Ebola and other viruses to Wuhan, and that's under <laughs> his why. It's as corrupt <laughs> wow. as you can imagine. It makes Fauci look like a Boy Scout. And um, so that's what they're doing to distract.
4: So so who exactly is burning down the churches, though? Because, I mean, we see in America, yep. it's very clear who's doing what actions we see. We know uh, we have BLM, we have Antifa, we know who's in charge of what. Um, but who is burning down the churches in Canada? Is it Native peoples? Is it just
6: random people? Who, who's doing this? Well, no information has been specifically released as much as the RCMP, the police will say is it looks suspicious. Oh, well, yeah, it looks suspicious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it seems that in some places um, there's there's word that it's like native young men or something um, sort of doing this. Uh, but their own people are saying, stop, this is my church. I mean, these are churches where like native people have grown up, had their weddings, baptized, confirmation, yeah. and so forth. And they're like, well, you just burned my my entire family memory. So what's wrong with you? So. Over the weekend, I was listening to Brian uh, Holdsworth's
2: live stream that he did on this subject, and at the end of that, he actually read some of the commentary from some First Nation people that talked Mm -hmm. about their experience being at these schools. And I'm sure there are plenty of -hmm. uh, reports we could find that some would say that it was terrible or what have you, but there were many, apparently, that said – we had great experience at these schools. Uh, they they gave us a solid education. They taught us life skills. Uh, it was really really good, very very positive. So it seems to me like uh, we do see a sort of a common thread around the world of revisionist history. It's yeah. not just uh, here in America that we. We get to enjoy the revisionist history. It is a sad thing, though. It's a sad thing to see abuse, and we definitely Mm -hmm. want to see people held accountable for that. But what kills me also about this story, with only a few minutes left with Kennedy Hall, is we're talking about things that happened over a century ago.
6: Well, How how could anybody
2: today be responsible for atrocities, crimes, or abuses, or even neglect, even at the simplest level of not being able to afford a a headstone? Uh, How could anybody today be held accountable for that?
6: Yeah, well, I mean, I tweeted yesterday. Uh, you know, imagine being upset at someone because their distant relative did something a long time ago that was bad. Sure, I mean, and it's not even my relatives. My my mom came to Canada in 1967. <laughs> These aren't even my relatives. Um, uh, but the point remains. Um, and also, I will say though, the narrative, the the the, the objection to that will be the schools, uh, residential schools, were in function until like the 60s or 70s, essentially. Um, so the thing is. A lot of the abuse stuff happens when we see abuse stuff happening in the church, which is when 1960s and 70s. That's kind of the dark period there after the council. And they should be held accountable. And they, yes, they really should be very severely. Um, But this is a separate thing that goes back mainly to times like you can read in 1907 reports. We need better ventilation. We need a TB ward. We need X, Y, and Z. And then Spanish flu, which killed everybody. So it was an actual plague. Um, but before I continue, before I get to go here in a second, I will say I have a new venture. If you go to crusadechannel.com/go, crusadechannel.com/go, after you're done listening to, to this channel, because you don't <laughs> want to miss the rest of this show <laughs> from it's your lips to God's ears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, when we talk about this sort of stuff, but it's um, it's it's a real tough time, and. Uh, they just extended humility season. I'll call it that. Uh, they just extended humility month to be to the end of September in Canada. So we have four months of humility month. It goes from June, July, August, and September, uh, because one month is just not enough. So we've got rainbows until uh, the leaves start changing color. All right.
2: Thanks Kennedy hall for your, uh, bright and upbeat information on a Tuesday morning. God love you, my brother. We're praying thanks. for everybody in Canada, everyone, and for healing and, and, uh, for God's mercy upon all of us. No more church burning, please. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back, and we're going to have the breaking news and stories, and then Sonia Corbett's going to be our guest talking about the father wound. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. <laughs> have you ever noticed that most modern philosophies are very dark and depressing? As G.K. Chesterton says, most people in our world today have been forced to be happy about the little things but sad about the big ones but that's not the way we were meant to be we were meant to be joyful sadness is only an interlude praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul the Christian is able to deny himself immediate pleasures because there's great joy and fulfillment inside him the pagan must constantly seek after pleasure because there's great sadness and emptiness inside him joy, which is the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Let's share the secret. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org.
4: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
3: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle and here are your headline news. Lots of headlines today. Officials say more than 80 shot and 14 dead over July 4th weekend in Chicago. Four more victims pulled from collapsed Florida building, death toll now 28. Ukraine to hold land military drills with US, Poland and Lithuania. Raffaella Cara, Italian singer and TV presenter, dies at 78. Mexico arrests ex-top police official over torture allegations. Egypt notified that Ethiopia has resumed filling of giant dam. U.N. envoy tells Belarus to free political prisoners as U.S. hints at sanctions. Security sources report a drone shot down near U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. No casualties. Protests in Spain against suspected LGBT hate crime. Some 150 students missing after gunmen raid Nigerian school. Honduras convicts ex-executive and activist murder. Appeal expected. Second man charged over incident with UK's top medical advisor. German police arrest hundreds in EncroChat crime crackdown. Death of a 84-year-old Indian Jesuit Father Stan Swamy in custody stirs outcry. Man charged in Germany for spying with China. Rescuers resume search for 24 missing in Japan landslides. South Korea getting 700,000 vaccine doses from Israel as COVID cases surge. Twitter loses immunity over user-generated content in India. RIA news agency reports plane with 28 on board crashes into sea in Russia's Far East. Tropical storm Elsa now over Florida Straits after making landfall in Cuba. LinkedIn reinstates account of mRNA vaccine inventor who questions COVID-19 vaccine benefit for children. ICE appeals to public as more guns and ammo smuggled to Mexico. Gas prices likely to stay above $3 until October. Thousands given fake COVID-19 vaccines filled with saline in India. Alan West says he's running for governor of Texas in 2022. Legalization of cannabis drags Chinese nationals into crime. January six detainees confined 23 hours a day, attorneys say. Chinese scientists produce genetically modified pigs for human transplant. California asks utility for more electricity amid shift to green energy. UN accused of lies and manipulation in effort to legalize abortion in El Salvador. Gates Foundation plans $2.1 billion for contraceptives and gender equality. Inventor of mRNA technology removed from Wikipedia after he warned against taking COVID jabs. Spain advances radical bill allowing teens to change their registered gender. Thousands of Canadians died in 2020 awaiting surgery amid COVID-related healthcare restrictions. Argentina approves law forcing government to hire transgenders. UK to roll out third booster dose of COVID-19 vaccine. Pennsylvania governor vetoes vaccine passport ban and election integrity measures. James saved for now. Mom retracts petition for total control over transgender surgeries. Federal judges in two states block and strike down laws protecting unborn babies. And traditional Latin mass advocates appeal to Pope to protect Samorium Pontificum. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Tuesday.
2: Praise be to God in all things. I want to thank uh, GloryAndShine.com also for sponsoring our program, making it possible for us to get out of bed at 3 a.m. five days a week to bring you the latest information, intelligent conversation, and uh, and a lot of great information that you probably aren't going to get elsewhere. So thank you, GloryAndShine.com, for your generous support of Catholic Drive Time. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Sonia Corbett. Uh, her website is The, the Bible Event. Evangel- Evangelista, Bible Study Evangelista.com is our website, Bible Study And uh, good morning to you, Sonia. Thanks for being on our program today.
7: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, praise be to God. How was your Fourth of July, by the way?
7: Excellent!
2: Lots of fireworks. Lots of fireworks. Nice. Uh, hopefully everybody is safe and nobody thing nothing got burnt down. There's always uh, there was always that story the day after, right? There's always that one house that unfortunately is uh, a victim of the whole situation. At any rate, um, praise be to God. I want to talk about the father wound with you. I produced a documentary film on the father wound, so it's a subject near and dear to my heart. Uh, but you know what surprised me in the making of my film and the showing of my film now many times. Is how my film, which was made for men, affects women, and it's a it 's a whole subject I think that we could explore in greater detail so tell us uh, what has been your work you've written and you 've also spoken on the subject? Tell us about the father wound
7: well for me i my whole healing process really began in my early twenties i i was I had a rage problem, and um, I have since discovered that that 's really where militant f- feminism Comes from <laughs> to a great degree, but I I was kind of on that track and it was destroying my marriage. I was destroying, I think, my children. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I came to myself like the prodigal son in the pig pen. And I just I told God, I said, I don't care what you have to do to me. I'm willing for you to do anything to fix this in me. I don't I don't know where it comes from. And I don't I don't know what it is, but whatever you have to do, I'm willing. And so he began right away and it was through the scriptures and my daily reading. And the very first time he ever spoke to me through that was in Proverbs chapter twenty six eleven, where he says, as a dog returns to his vomit. So a fool repeats his folly. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he was speaking of me and I knew he was right, but I didn't know what the root was, but he got right to work. And really quickly, right after that, um, Psalm 4-4 spoke to me, and I have since um, developed what I call the stop tool there because it says, Be angry, but sin not. Um, commune on your bed and be silent. Offer the right sacrifices and put your trust in God. So S is sin not, T is tell God, O is offer the right sacrifice, and P is put your trust in God. There from Psalm 4-4, and what I discovered was, first of all, that I could control my anger And as I began that process with him, I I discovered that there was a lot of pain underneath all of that rage. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really rage. It wasn't even just anger. I was punching holes in walls. I was getting in physical altercations, just all kinds of terrible, awful behavior, the passions, the church calls them. And as I started that process with God, I just, I, I realized that it was what I call my father wound. My dad was military and highway patrol And so very rigid. Uh, He also had some uh, mental health issues, which um, I didn't even know then. But ultimately, what I've discovered from since then is that he was abusive.
8: Mm.
7: And so um, it just it does cause a whole lot of confusion in your childhood. There was a lot of trauma in my childhood. And that anger really came from that. And so God began to teach me what it means to be my heavenly father. And of course, St. Joseph had a role in that, which I didn't know until recently, but it was, it was a long difficult process that I'm still working through. Uh, I still get triggered occasionally, although it doesn't cause um, the explosions anymore or the eruptions, but I have since found that in speaking on that, that a lot of people share that wound. And so my whole ministry is healing through the scriptures
2: Amen sonia Corbett's our guest we're we're going to we're up against a break in a few minutes from now, but i'm curious what was your father's relationship with his dad
7: well that's that's something that i've often wondered myself but in in learning about the roots of that kind of thing in a father um the abuse and stuff. I can see clearly that they're, that's where it is, but I don't know a whole lot about their relationship. And my relationship with my father today is, is pretty superficial because it has to be for boundaries for me and my family and my marriage and that kind of thing.
5: Mm. But
7: my dad's, my grandfather was married 13 times. Oh wow! Wow. That right there can tell you just about everything you might need to know about my dad and, (laughs) and his relationship with his father.
2: You know, that was part of my journey in the, in understanding the relationship I had with my dad was discovering the relationship that he had with his dad and that generational sin that gets perpetuated one generation after the next and the need to sort of put a stop to that and allow at least yeah, one exactly generation to
4: feel normal, yes. you know, was a, a big thing. Adrian, you had something to say? Uh, yes. I, I was wondering, because you had mentioned briefly how the, the father wound for women is a root... Of a lot of this toxic femininity, this uh, feminist uh, zeal, and we have about a minute and a half so i don 't know if uh, if you want to take a stab at that uh, where does what is the, what do you mean by the toxic femininity that comes from uh, the father wound
7: well, when you have that kind of relationship with your own father you you begin to project that onto every man that you meet, especially those who have any position of, of authority over you or if you respect them or uh, are in or, or should be in some sort of submission role um, to them, whether it's an employer or a pastor or a husband, anything like that. And you just determine no one is ever going to treat me like that again. I am done. I'm done with that. And so it makes it, it you already have a challenge with every single man from that point forward, and you just <laughs> determine that it's just not going to happen. And so it makes you, you're on the attack, you're on the, the defensive all the time, but you're also on the attack. And what I didn't realize is in trying to defend myself with my anger, it felt very powerful in the beginning, but later all the shame and the destruction that comes in the wake of that, it's just, that's that's what alerts you to the fact that it truly is sin, mm-hmm. Is the destruction in the wake of, of your anger. But that that is oftentimes a root for, for women. Alright,
2: hold that thought. Sonia Corbett is our guest. Her website is Bible Study Evangelista.com. We're gonna to go to break, we're gonna come back and continue our conversation about the father wound, about healing and about moving forward. All of that coming up next with Sonia Corbett from Bible Study Evangelista.com. Don't go anywhere, be right back.
9: St. Paul tells us to pray always. Easy for him to say.
5: One-minute monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey.
9: But how are we to pray in the middle of a tense day at the office, while rushing to get the shopping done and get home, while picking up our kids and their friends for soccer? In his rule, St. Benedict has a suggestion for us. He took short Bible verses or other sayings such as, O God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Or, Lord, help. These short prayers are like darts, which are small and fly straight to their target. Since these prayers are short, we can pray them at any time, with full intention. Thus, they too fly straight to God and reach their mark.
5: For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com
9: So open your Bible, perhaps to the Psalms, and find those darts you can use through the day. And you too can be like St. Paul and pray always.
2: Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Sonia Corbett is our guest. Her website, BibleStudyEvangelista.com is her website. We're talking about the father wound, especially uh, from, the, uh, from the female perspective. Uh, which is interesting to me because I made a whole movie about it from the men's perspective. Uh, But uh, many women who have seen my film have told me that uh, the story still is very much relative to them. So good morning to you, Sonia. Thanks for being on our show again. I'm curious, though, what is your relationship or how was your relationship affected by your father wound and your past, your anger issues with your husband?
7: Well, that's actually where the healing began. He, he began, oh, I always like to say that my husband has the gift of criticism. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I had a, a major sensitivity to that, partly because of my personality and temperament, naturally, but also because of that, that woundedness. And so anytime he, he offered that criticism, uh, it just would, it, it would hurt me so deeply, but also it would just piss me off. And so we were in constant loggerheads about it, you know, and that was really our our one fight over and over and over again in the early years of our marriage, probably for the first decade really was I'm too sensitive and he's too critical. And, you know, you have to work that out. You have to really work that out. And because of his his background, he really is too critical. He has the gift of justice. And so he automatically sees he sees whatever's wrong with anything And so he would point that out and I would just go ballistic, you know, because I was trying so hard. That was always my, my issue with my father is I could never please him no matter what I did. He would pick out the one thing, you know, that was wrong with it. And, and I, and the bar was constantly held higher. And so I just never could reach it. And, and you, it feels so defeating. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I really, we, we had to work that out and it took a long time, but, but, Through my relationship to God in the scriptures on a daily basis, God began to show me where I was making a mountain out of a molehill, and he would say, "He's," and my husband would say this to me, I'm not your dad, you know, and and I finally, I was like, well, okay, yeah, you're right, (laughs) and God's actually said that to me, I'm not your dad. If you're in trouble, Sonia, because I asked him, you know, anytime anything painful would happen, I would say to God, are you mad at me? Or if he was quiet in prayer, I would think he was giving me the silent treatment that I was in trouble. And I asked him, I said, am I in trouble? What have I done? And he said to me very clearly, just the impression, not audibly, but he said very clearly, Sonia, if you're in trouble, I will tell you. And to this day, he has never said something like that to me. And so my husband really has been the primary healer in my whole process. And so that relationship... Was the tool, the major tool that God used to teach me about unconditional love and how to heal from something like that, and it took a long time, but I can say that i although i i do I do feel the trigger, I know exactly what it is now, and i don 't erupt like I used to it's not even an issue now but <laughs> and I'm sure my husband is very, very thankful for that. <laughs> But he was the primary healer
4: for Amen. me. Amen. You know, I'm 23 years old. I have a lot of friends who are about my age and uh, a lot of women who are dating. They're getting into the process of marriage. And, uh, and a lot of these women that I know are struggling with the same thing. They had fathers who were uh, not not the, the epitome of fatherhood and they are, are struggling to try to figure out how to reconcile that with their with their faith a lot of them are have become very traditional catholics and they're recognizing okay i need to i need to start veiling i need to start wearing skirts but they're like but i can't overcome this like natural uh feminism that has that they have built up against men to say like you know i i don't want to be oppressed i don't want to i don't want to submit i don't want to uh, have these these kind of ideas how can a young lady who is recognizing this issue in their lives, what are the steps to try to overcome this?
7: Well, I typically start with the symptoms. For me, I, I see a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of this acting out of anger and rage. And so, I lead people typically through the same process that God led me through. And what I like to begin with, because it's very simple and something that a lot of people do already, is I like to lead people through the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, because Jesus teaches us there how to follow him through that process into the father's arms. And so we begin in the garden by determining that we are going to go to god for healing and we do it no matter what it takes so we go to the garden deliberately with jesus and then we retrace the wounds the bible says that by his stripes we are healed and so in his presence when there is what i call a pop quiz which is a, a situation it's usually a surprise and it comes out of left field but it causes an eruption And when we recognize that, we go straight to God with that, with the stop tool. We send not, we tell God all about the circumstances and the relationship and what's happening. And then he identifies, typically, if you ask him to, the Holy Spirit will identify the memory and the root of that eruption. It's a memory attached to emotion. And then you retrace those with him in in his presence those wounds and you do that with him through the circumstances of your own life those eruptions he does it very slowly very carefully very very gently although the eruption itself is not gentle and then you offer whatever the right sacrifice is he will tell it, he will tell you what to do in that situation typically and then you put your trust in him as you retrace those wounds which takes a decade <laughs> at mm-hmm. least usually to get to the bottom of all of that then what you discover is those, that woundedness really is your crown. You're able then to comfort and minister to other people through that, and you have stopped that generational curse or that generational sin, or you are stopping it anyway. You're in the process, and that becomes a crown that you can offer then to the generations after you. And then we, we discover that we'll probably carry this cross for the rest of our lives with Jesus and we are crucified with him at every situation. We climb up on that altar and we offer ourselves to God in submission because The Bible says that when we submit to proper authority, we're actually submitting to God himself, not the person. And that's how you learn to really trust God in those situations, because you have to offer that submission, but you're doing it to God, and you have to trust him that he will take care of the other working parts, and he does. And then with Jesus, we fall into the Blessed Mother's arms in the Pieta. So I like to lead people through that process. And of course it takes a long time and it's something that's an ongoing thing, but that's the best way following Jesus through those mysteries is one of the best ways to heal because it's a complete process and it repeats itself over and over. That used to bug me a lot. I felt like I was never going to be free of that rage and that anger. But God, he reassured me, although you are going around that same mountain like the children of Israel in the wilderness, you're ascending every rotation. Mm. So it's not the same ground. You're not covering the same ground. It's, it's familiar because it comes from the same root, but it's not the same ground. You're healing a little bit with every single rotation.
2: Uh, Sonia Corbett's our guest. We have about just under five minutes left with her to talk about the father wound. Now, uh, the power to, for dads, that God has given dads the power to make and break families, it's pretty immense, actually. Tremendous responsibility, and as we've talked about, lots of brokenness. Uh, but there are good, good stories, too, of fathers who, who have done a, an excellent job. But what would you say to someone like yourself, uh, a young a lady or a, a lady who's lived with it for decades and, and refuses to forgive, refuses to let go, refuses to start the healing process? What would you say to someone like that?
7: I would say to that, that whatever is not redeemed is reproduced and it will continue on through your children and your life. And you will, you will communicate that woundedness to everyone that you come in contact with one way or another. That's the first thing. But the second thing is the scriptures, the the catechism tells us that the one table of the Lord is the Eucharist and the scriptures. And if we're not receiving that daily manna from the scriptures, we're not going to get the guidance that we need to conquer these generational sins. And so if you're, if you are interested, well, and we must be, here's the, here's the thing. Jesus told Peter that when we don't forgive, when we refuse to forgive, first of all, our spiritual growth is completely stunted it just cannot move forward in the way that we're meant to. It's also demonic mm. because the torturers, he says in Matthew 18, when we don't forgive, we're thrown in jail, we'll say emotional jail, and we're tortured by the enemy. It's the enemy that provokes that not for that unforgiveness. And when we don't forgive, then we reproduce it and we're not, we're not able to move forward ourselves. And so, you know, you have, you have that, That right, you have a free will to hold a grudge. But when you do, you just have to know that it's not going to stop with you. And so, it, and if you don't do it here, you will do it in purgatory. So, why not do it here where we have access to the sacraments, to the scriptures, to other Christians, to prayer, to all of that to help us heal and move forward?
2: You definitely don't want to wait to purgatory. That would not be good. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, just about a minute left, to real, so it has to be real quick. But what would you say to a father who has, uh, you know, broken the hearts of so many of his kids and made so many mistakes in life? Is it too late for him and what should he do? You got about a minute.
7: It is never too late, and and a sincere, heartfelt, please forgive me for this. And then going through, as, as circumstances arise, just going through and being willing to be humble yourself under God and ask for forgiveness from your children, it's not a sign of weakness. It is more weak to continue to perpetuate this woundedness on your children and it's and God gives us a way He's given us through Christ that way out. it is a promise it's not even it's not even this ethereal thing where oh you know. Yes, God says he'll forgive me, and then we muddle through. It is an absolute practical kind of thing on a daily basis when we're in the scriptures with God through the readings. He will lead us in these circumstances and show us how to humble ourselves with one another in our relationships. That is true power. That is what changes the world.
2: Amen. Praise be to God. Sonia Corbett's been our guest. Her website, BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Sonia, thanks for your time today, and we appreciate your conversation on the father wound. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. Check her out at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. That's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. We have a new game show this week. New prizes are involved. Somebody's going to win. It could be you. Your chances to win will start when we give out the phone number. But by the way, we put the phone number and the rules right on our website. Plus, you can watch live and comment live right at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash forward slash cdt god love you and god bless you
1: thank you for joining us on
0: your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station
5: don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time
2: again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time
1: Be sure to share more than just us today.
0: Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
5: How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding
1: yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water in the Spirit, that you were born again, just as the Bible says in John three verse five. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues through all our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19, verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics we are born again and as Catholics we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, 18, And that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5, verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe, and just as the Bible clearly
0: teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe
8: Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
2: Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping
0: you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time.
2: Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Prayerfully, your uh, 4th of July weekend went really, really well. We, of course, were not here yesterday. We played a best-of show. Uh, But today we are back in the seats and having a great conversation last hour with Sonia Corbett about the father wound from a female perspective, which I found very fascinating considering I made a movie on the subject. Um, But we also had an interesting conversation with Kennedy Hall from Canada about why people are burning down Catholic churches there. We're going to post both of those conversations later today on our social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, all of that, but it's also on our podcast, which I highly recommend that you subscribe to and leave a review on the Apple Store plus the Google Play. It really helps us to reach new audiences. You could be a tremendous help to us by subscribing and sharing our content and being a part of our podcast feed, that would be awesome. You can find it all linked up right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Janelle.
3: Good morning, Mr. Drew.
2: Praise be to God. New sponsor this
0: week.
3: Yes, a new sponsor. We have Baratus Catholic. They are they make Catholic illustrations, and they're really nice. I'm a huge really? fan. Yes, wow. they, they look God. really nice. They look like, um, oh, what's it called? Um, I can't come up. I can't think of the word right now, but they're really cool. You should check out their website. You can check on them on social media as well. And they're sponsoring our prize for this week, which is a T-shirt. And a couple of really cool stickers.
2: Nice. Thanks, Thank you very God. much for that, uh, Beratius. We're very grateful to you. Speaking of being very grateful, Adrian Fonseca decided to get up and, bre- and bless us with his presence this morning. Good morning to you, Adrian. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah praise yeah, be to God. Everyone's welcome. They're all,
4: all, you're all very welcome. <laughs> and, and you, you say presence. that with great humility. Yes, I, my presence is a present to you all. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> With great well, humility.
2: I, I hope the Lord is very precise in his lightning strikes. Uh, <laughs> all right. uh you you hosted you guest hosted Back to the Father on Friday.
4: Oh yes. How that did was that go? So much fun. Oh, so much fun. We uh we were doing on Back to the Father, which uh we aired I think it was at two to three o'clock. On Fridays on GRN online and uh, or GRN on Facebook and YouTube we we broadcasted online only and it was a great show we talked about Christ's descent into hell and what does Saint Thomas Aquinas have to say about Christ's Christ's descent into hell and it's very very good because people often confuse us and think that our Lord descended into the hell of the damned uh, but it's lot more to it than that so it's yeah. very interesting so they can find that whole show on the GRN online YouTube channel correct they can find it if you wanted to check that out as GRN online uh, YouTube channel and the GRN online Facebook page you can find that show there
2: and if I'm not mistaken, you were properly wearing the St. Thomas Aquinas sombrero.
4: I, you know, the, the sombrero, I was wearing a, we, so there's a little gag that <laughs> Sissel and the team over in Dallas likes to do, and they wear hats during the show. And uh, so I joined in, and I wore my amazing sombrero that was generously loaned by our assistant GM in Houston, uh, David Magianis, and I was wearing that, so it was a lot of fun. The sombrero of the angelic doctor. That's mm. what they call it, or at least... <laughs> we do
2: now. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Anyway, praise be to God. Fascinating fact, on 4th of July, I just happened to be looking out uh the back window of my house and saw a bald eagle flying by. True story, and I was so amazed. I've I've never seen a bald eagle in the wild of Texas. They are here, of course. I've seen them in, uh, you know, Alaska and other parts, but never in uh, in Texas and to see it out in my backyard Pretty amazing, which made me want to get my dogs in the house as soon as possible. But anyway, it was pretty cool, especially on 4th of July. So hopefully your 4th of July, dear listener, was amazing and you had a great time with friends or family. And we're very excited to be back on the show this week. We're going to have some great guests lined up. Uh, we have tomorrow, we're going to be speaking with Mr. Norman Fulkerson about patriotism and piety, 4th of July. I think Michael Knowles may make a guest appearance. I think we're at least recording with him this week to play later. Uh, Father going to be on bishop athanasius snyder is going to be on and and other guests it's going to be really jam-packed and hopefully you can join us for all or part of that but let's jump in we have uh, breaking news and stories we have saints of the day gospel of the day and then of course our game show coming up this half hour and prizes are involved you could win we're very excited about that so let's pray in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known That anyone who fled uh, to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janelle Lane.
3: Several pro-life laws take effect in South Dakota. Supreme Court strikes down aggressive donor disclosure rule in California. Slovenian Prime Minister backs Hungary over law banning LGBT content in schools. Major victory for pro-lifers as attempt to introduce abortion up to birth in England and Wales fails. Ohio law protects doctors from having to commit abortions and transgender procedures. Freedale tweeted this morning that the Vatican and the Holy See has updated journalists on the post-operative condition of Pope Francis this morning. The Pope reportedly well, rested well last night, is eating and walking. From LifeSite News, motivational speaker Nick Vujicic announced his plan to launch Pro-Life Bank. On Thursday, Nick Vujicic spoke with the Epic Times about his new project. Vujicic, 38, is a motivational speaker who travels to spread the message of the gospel. Born without any limbs, he overcame enormous obstacles to create his own ministry organization, Life Without Limbs. Beginning in March 2019, he decided to speak out for unborn babies killed through abortion. Within 16 weeks, we had a grenade at our house, a false magazine article published against me, a lawsuit threat, a spying drone, and a bank kicked me out, Ugi Chich revealed. Once I got kicked out of a bank without any warning, he continued, they, stole my cr- they froze my credit cards, froze my debit cards. They gave me a letter to say that they did a review of me as a client and they didn't want anything to do with me. Increasingly, banks are denying service to patrons who do not comply with their social agenda. Last year, a British bank threatened to cancel the accounts of patrons who entered the bank without face coverings. In June 2021, an American bank shut down the account of a conservative Christian activist leaving her stranded without money outside her home state. At this time, Vujicic learned that his bank, along with most of others, regularly donate to organizations that support the murder of babies through abortion. His longtime friend Betsy Gray proposed founding a pro-life bank together. Vujicic and Gray decided to undertake the project, calling the potential bank the pro-life bank. On their website, Gray said, I believe all human beings are sacred image bearers of God. Therefore, in 2018, our nonprofit looked to do business with a bank that did not philanthropically support the largest nonprofit organization that terminates innocent human life. After three weeks of research, our board treasurer was quite shocked to report there was not such a bank in our city, she continued. After much lamenting and prayer, I felt called by God to start a pro life bank that not only supports the lives of unborn children, but is also aligned with all of God's principles and Pro-Life Bank, proposed, was born. Thanks be to God, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Janelle Lay. God love you, and have a good Tuesday.
4: The saint of the day is St. Romulus of Fiesole. He was born in the first century Italy and converted by St. Peter the Apostle. He preached throughout central Italy and served as the first bishop of Faisole. Uh, he was martyred with Carissimus and Dolce Simus and Crescensius, by order of Governor Represian and the persecution of Emperor Domitian, Later, the popular hagiography describes him as the illegitimate son of Lucerna and her father's slave, Cyrus, and he was abandoned as an infant and suckled by a wolf and rescued by St. Peter when Emperor Nero was unable to do so. The story says that after his conversion and extensive training by Peter and his assistant Justin, Romulus performed extravagant miracles. He died a martyr in AD 90 in central Italy. Saint Romulus of Faisole, pray for us.
2: Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 through 38. As they were going away, behold, a mute demoniac was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casts out demons by the prince of demons. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every infirmity. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest send out laborers into his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you get a chance today, read the first 10 verses of Ezekiel 34. It is uh, providing the background that Jesus is drawing on here about his uh, sort of condemnation of the bad shepherds and not feeding the flock. But St. Hilary said this writing in the fourth century, the Lord pities the people troubled with the violence of unclean spirits and sick under the burden of the law and having no shepherd at hand to bestow on them the guardianship of the Holy Spirit. But of that gift there was a most abundant fruit, whose plenty far exceeded the multitude of those that drank thereof. How many soever take of it, yet an inexhaustible supply remains. And because it is profitable that there should be many to minister it, he bids us ask the Lord of the harvest that God would provide a supply of reapers for the ministration of that gift of the Holy Spirit, which was made ready. For by prayer, this gift is poured out upon us from God. Adrian, what did you find?
4: So, I accidentally looked at yesterday's gospel instead. (laughs) So, I'm going to say something about yesterday's gospel since, you know, we didn't get to talk about it yesterday. So, I'm going to use that as an excuse. Uh, In yesterday's gospel, it talks talks about the rising of the little girl. Whenever, and I'm going to read this one part, He, he said, Go away, the girl was not dead, but sleeping. Now, this uh, I wanted to talk about because I think uh, whenever Cornelius Lapide talks about this, he makes a very important distinction that whenever our Lord says that she is sleeping, that it is not actually true that she's sleeping in the same way that we think of as sleeping. But instead, it is true to Jesus that she is sleeping because God is not God of the dead, but of the living, because to God, all are living. That's why our Lord says that I am at the burning bush. He says, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, your fathers. I am not. I was, I am because why? Cause he's still their God because they're still alive for our God is the God of the living and not the dead. So to Christ, he was, he is still to her. to him. She is sleeping. And to show that for Christ, for his power is so great and so magnanimous that to rise someone from the dead, to raise someone from the dead is as easy as it is for others to arouse someone awake That's how easy it is for our Lord. And then afterwards, what does our Lord do? He offers her food to eat. He says, someone get him something to eat. Why does he do this? Well, obviously, one, he wanted to care for her. But secondly, and more importantly, to prove that this was a resurrection, to prove that this was not just, you know, it was a ghost. It, by sitting there and her being able to eat food, prove to everybody there that was witnessing it that she was actually alive again and that she was able to consume food before spirits do not eat. I think this is very important. And also, uh, Cornelius Lapide quotes St. Jerome saying, uh, Christ, however, denied this and said that she was asleep because St. Jerome says, To God and himself, to whom all things live, she was not dead and because she was to be raised again at the judgment day, wherefore the dead are continually called in the scriptures, those who sleep. So this is very important because he's making the allusion to the second coming, the second coming where we will all be raised again. We all wake up again for our bodies are asleep on this, on this earth uh, whenever we die, but they will rise again at the last coming at the second coming of Christ. All right, praise be to God. We're going to play our game. It's
2: time to play, and prizes are involved, and you could win. All you have to do is be our first caller, though. So the phone number is 877-757-9424. That's 877 877- 757-9424. If you want to play the game and be our contestant, you just have to be the first caller. You do not need to know the answers to win this game. It's that easy at 877-757-9424. If you've never played, give us a call. If it's been a while, give us a call. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Time to play the
1: game.
0: Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes, we Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
1: Joe
2: McClain! Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. and fear and trembling, phone lines are open, waiting for our first caller so we can have a, a game show today. So if you've never played or it's been a while since you've played, you are welcome to call right now, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are wide open, ready for your call at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. And here is the Here. We have a secret and hidden agenda on the game show. Uh, So please do not tell anybody I said this, but we like to do a few things. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might uh, learn something new. Praise be to God. The second thing is we like to have a good time doing it. And our contestants tend to be a lot of fun and laugh straight along with us. And we love that too. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means you can win stuff. And that's a win. For everybody involved, and we love that. So here's the deal, though, if you're just joining us. I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, uh, but we do not ask the caller these questions. Mm -mm. Instead, we ask Janelle and Adrian, one of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win?
3: They could win a wonderful t shirt, a graphic t shirt, and some stickers from Baratu's Catholic, Catholic art that promotes the good, true, and beautiful.
2: Wow. Thank Praise you, Baratu's Catholic. Amen to that. Baratous, thank you very much for generously sponsoring our program. We're looking forward to giving away your prize pack on Friday. But uh, to those that did call in just now, praise be to God, we'd love to see those phone calls come in. Try again tomorrow. Phone numbers posted on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's go to the phones. Danny, good morning to you. Thanks for being a part of our program. Good morning. How y'all doing? Praise be to God. We are alive and that counts. How about you? It,
8: it's a great day. I'm, uh, sadly, I'm going to a funeral this morning of oh. uh, a friend's uh, parents, but it's still a beautiful day, and a person's uh, hopefully in a better place today.
2: Amen. Amen to that. Did you uh, enjoy your weekend, Danny?
8: Had a great time. My, my three daughters were down, and we spent time at the lake, so had a blast.
2: Oh, good. Praise be to God. Well, Danny, where are you calling from exactly?
8: Uh, the town is called Sunnyvale. It's in Texas. It's just east of Dallas or Mesquite. Gotcha. A little bitty town, about 10, maybe 10,000 people now.
2: Nice. Praise be to God. And what, where you go to church, Danny?
8: Uh, St. Michael's in Garland.
2: Wonderful. Now, have you been uh, listening to the program? Do you know the deal with the game show?
8: Yes, sir. sure do. Every morning.
2: All right. Well, we're glad to hear that. And so you are obviously well aware of the trickiness of Adrian and Janelle, and you got to listen very carefully, right? I've got it. All right. My job is to get you in the cup, though. So I am your best friend in this game. Let's see if we can't make that happen. Let's start with Janelle. Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure?
3: Yes, I am ready.
2: Janelle, can you give me the popular term... For the 18th century, uh, hold on, let me say this again. Give the popular term given in the 18th century due to heightened intellectual atmosphere of the time. What do we call this age in the 18th century due to a heightened intellectual atmosphere of the time?
3: The 18th century? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Age of Enlightenment.
2: The Age of Enlightenment. Yes. Hmm, okay. Sounds very mm-hmm. intellectual. It sounds reasonable. Let's see what uh, Adrian says here. Adrian, can you give me the popular term to the 18th century due to the heightened intellectual atmosphere
4: of the time? Well, I don't know about popular, but I would refer to that as the uh, the Dark Ages. The 18th century, yep.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, okay.
4: Okay. So, uh, Brother Adrian is
2: on the hook for the Dark Ages, and Janelle is on the hook for the Age of Enlightenment. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Danny, what say you?
8: I think I'm going to have to go with Enlightenment.
2: Survey says... Yeah, I mean, like... Where's my dub button? I'm like slow on the uptake here. It's Tuesday and first day back, and I don't have my dub button ready. There we go.
8: I'll give you of, one. Course, uh.
2: <laughs> of course, Danny. <laughs> now that was an easy one, right? You you knew that one. That wasn't hard, right? That was good one. Praise be to God. You're good. you're in the cup, Danny. You're already in the cup, <laughs> and I, I'm guessing it's I guess it's easy question Tuesday. So uh, I think we'll continue. Continue with that pattern. Let's go with question number two, see so if we can't double your chances. We're going to go with Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me or give to me the term that refers to holy things or
4: holy actions? To holy things or holy actions, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like the signum crucem, the sign of the cross. Sure. Uh, that would be a sacramental. So it's not a okay. sacrament. Okay. But a sacramental. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Boy, I wonder what Janelle's going to say. Janelle,
2: <laughs> can you give me the term that refers to holy things or holy actions?
3: Holy things or holy actions. Okay. I'm going to give a Latin term. It's called solanum tuberosum.
2: type. <laughs> say it again? I think she's making things up. I think
3: solanum so. Solanum tuberosum.
2: I've never heard that <laughs> word before in my life. Solanum Tuberosum. It sounds like very formal, like yes. a tuba, like very, you know, like like that could come
4: out of the Vatican
2: or something. It could. It could. Yeah,
4: document by uh, from. Okay. Uh, okay. From
2: so, the council. so Janelle is on the hook for solanum tuberosum, and Adrian is on the hook for sacramentals. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Danny, what say you? Let's go with
8: sacramentals.
2: Survey says of
3: course he wasn't fooled at all now
2: okay uh bonus points if you can tell us what solanum tuberosum means danny danny are you there to
8: hear that one i knew we would get it but (laughs) no that would have been a good one
2: do we know okay what is uh janelle what is so you solanum tuberosum what does that even mean
3: that is Latin for potato.
2: You were going to fool Danny with a potato. You are cool, madam.
3: Cool. Uh, well, he wasn't fooled one bit, so. Do you see what I have to deal with, Danny?
2: I mean, like, wow. Oh,
7: Sacramentals.
2: God. Now, how many, uh, how many actions and how many holy things are there that fall under this title there, Adrian? At least seven. At uh, least seven.
4: A lot. <laughs> There's a lot of things that qualify as a sacramental. But I suppose it's uh, anything that you use that's not a sacrament that brings you closer to God would be a simple Amen. idea. Amen. So like the brown scapular, for instance, the Holy See, Rosary. The miraculous like medal.
2: Yeah. All right. Praise be to God. All right. You're in for two now. Third one's a charm. I got to say, I think this last one is the easiest of all, Danny. Mm. So we may triple your chances at the prize today. You'll You're going to set right. a precedent for everyone else to have to follow for the week if you get this one right. Are you ready, Danny? I'm ready. All right, we're going to go back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell me, what is the name of the large candle solemnly blessed and lighted on Holy Saturday and remains until Ascension Thursday?
3: Hmm... A large candle solemnly blessed and lighted Mm -hmm. on Holy Saturday and remaining lit until Ascension Thursday. I remember this question. This is a repeat question. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. All right. If I remember correctly, the correct answer is the Christ candle.
2: The Christ candle?
3: Yes. Wow.
2: Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me? Yes. What is the name of the large candle solemnly blessed Uh and lighted on Holy
4: Saturday? and remains until Ascension Thursday. So, yes, uh, the it is lit until Ascension Thursday in the traditional Mass and until Pentecost in the Novus Ordo Mass. Uh, that would be the Christ candle.
3: <laughs> I think I said Both that. Both of you have given me the same <laughs> answer. Oh, that's
4: awkward.
2: <laughs> well, in that case. <laughs> Who would like to change their response? Can
3: then? I Can I change my answer? Then? Uh,
2: you you may, ahead. Janelle. You, okay. might. you might as well. Someone has know, to. Someone has to. Okay. This is...
3: Got awkward
4: very fast. <laughs> so this is. This is
3: a, uh-huh. I changed my answer like uh-huh. Uh-huh. to uh-huh. the uh-huh. Pascal candle. Uh huh. Yes. Uh-huh. It'd
4: be like that sometimes. <laughs>
2: okay. Okay. So Janelle has now uh, come back and she said her answer is Pascal candle, whereas Adrian has uh, has adamantly insisted it's called the Christ candle. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. He says. Uh huh. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who is professional? Danny, what say you?
8: i then to an extent they're both right, but we're gonna go with Pascal.
2: Survey says. Duh. Oh wow! You can tell. <laughs> how could yeah. you have possibly? Can guess? you tell, Danny, uh, by any chance, that we've been <laughs> off for three days now? And we, even we were confused. We forgot totally how to play the game. <laughs> Hopefully, that wasn't too well, obvious. Okay. But uh, well, well done, sir. Wonderful. Well done. You were not fooled at all. Of course, it is the Paschal (laughs) Candle, and you are in the coffee cup of Divine Providence for three tries this week. How do you feel?
8: It's wonderful. God bless you all for what y'all do.
2: Praise be to God. You know, fascinating fact, it might be possible for uh, lay folk to obtain old Paschal Candles. To, uh, to reverently display in their home. Yes. Uh, ask your pastor. My
3: family Don't uh, tell them I a, sent you. My family actually has a couple of uh, Paschal candles from other churches really? in the past years. We have
2: one. We have mm-hmm. one. And they're blessed. They're amazing. And we light them as part of our piety at the house. So praise be to God. Danny, uh, we're going to put you on hold, but we're glad that you were part of our show today. Danny, thanks for hanging out with us. We were, you were a lot of fun.
8: Thank you very much. God bless,
2: guys. All right. Uh, praise be to God. Anna's is going to come grab your information in case you are the winner on Friday. It'll be God's providence one way or the other. But that is going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time today. We have survived it by the grace of God. Uh, we're going to go into what we call the after show, where we're going to conversate with you about whatever is on your heart, your mind. Maybe talk to you about what you did over the weekend. I got to watch the original Sound of Music, the movie that came before the Sound of Music that you have seen. Did you know there was such a movie? I didn't till this weekend. And uh, watch that. I'll tell you all about that coming up in the after show. Or whatever it is that's on your heart, you drive that conversation. If you want, you can hang out with us on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter. Or you can hang out with us right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Full show lined up this week. Hopefully you'll join us again tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. God love you.
1: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic
0: Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station
5: forget to connect with us, just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drivetime.
2: Again, that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drivetime.
1: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with
0: everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time where we conversate a little bit more casually about whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever you want to ask or comment about. You're certainly welcome to do so. If you've never commented before, well, just so you know, we like to lavish a lot of love on first-time commenters. So uh, make sure you let us know, hey, you're a first-time commenter so we can do that. Praise be to God. We like meeting new CDT friends and family. Praise be to Jesus. We have uh, the usual suspects hanging out with us today, and some uh, some folks we haven't seen in a while. And we're very glad to see them too. Of course, Saint Teresa of Avila is hanging out in the studio with us. Good morning to you, Anna.
7: Good morning.
2: Praise be to God. What'd you do over the weekend?
7: Rested. Saw some. Fireworks. I'm jealous. You rested? I did rest. I
2: wouldn't know what that's that's a, what that's like.
7: I slept till six a.m. on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was. That was wild. Whew. So
3: good.
2: You're so slothful. So so good. <laughs> I, mean, I you got to go to confession now.
3: I do. Oh, I man. did.
2: Yeah.
9: <laughs> well, you should go back
2: just just to be sure. Uh, Susan, good morning to you from Massachusetts. Good morning to you, Tammy. It's good to see you. Praise be to God. 93 from Canada. It's good to see you here hanging out. Praise be to Jesus. Colin, good morning uh good to see you again my friend thanks for hanging out and coming back uh keenan good morning to you praise be to jesus good to see you again angelo and uh let's see who else is on here eric good morning to you praise be to god jeff burrier is always good to hang out with you jeff thanks for being a part of our show today paul good morning to you uh from new york our friend from new york he uh, has an interesting comment maybe we can jump into that in a little while uh, mike k good morning to you christopher velasquez it's good to see you on today. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see here. Who's on the, the Facebook side? Let me back up here. Mar- Marina. Is Marina a brand new commenter? Marina was on okay. early last hour. Yes, Marina Souza. Good morning to you, if you're still hanging out with us. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for commenting for the first time. We love our first-time commenters. Thank you for doing that. Praise be to God, Marina. Uh, I don't know where you're from, but if you're still here, Brazil. let us know. Brazil. Well, that's super wow. cool. That's, is that the furthest away uh, listener we've ever had? Brazil?
4: I don't, um, I don't think so. I think we had someone from like... Australia? Yeah, like across the world.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, oh.
2: Brazil's still pretty cool, though, to be honest. Okay, Jesus, good morning, our friend of the show. Jesus Robles, it was cool to see your wife commenting last week. That was nice before uh, the break. Bruce Tolman, good morning. Don, I know Don went over to the, uh, the webpage to hang out because of the, the crashed streams uh lori good morning to you Luz, good morning to you praise be to god good to see you both um patty was hanging out with us this morning obviously she always hangs out in the first hour joaquin good morning to you my friend it's good to see you uh praise be to god hopefully you all had a good weekend gloria good morning to you uh what did everybody do over the weekend anything special for uh fourth of july let us know in the comments, uh, comment with what you did for 4th of July. Oh, well, 93, you probably didn't do anything for 4th of July because you're from Canada. Um, I'm sure
4: he celebrated.
2: You know, fascinating. I, I watched a video of... Uh, it was a, like was a, it a, so- a hockey game? No. No. Um, it, I can't remember the, the, the channel on YouTube, but it's a British fella who does like, uh, Today I Found Out, you know, that kind of thing. And um, he did a video talking about what students in england learn about the american revolution and he says you might be surprised you americans might be surprised to learn that in england they make no big deal whatsoever one way or the other about the american revolution it was simply one more colony in the english uh, kingdom uh that rebelled
4: <laughs> and uh I just you know, it was funny that, that's some english propaganda there and uh <laughs> and i i heard uh on twitter there were a lot of uh english uh, i'm friends with a lot of english people on uh twitter and a lot of them were like you know we're celebrating fourth of july too good riddance <laughs>
2: ooh, <laughs> i was like ouch ooh, bang y'all simmer down kinda. now simmer down, down now that's some rough stuff ooh now what's interesting is so uh i think it was CO sunday july 4th was sunday after mass um, i at lunch uh, after lunch i played a, a narration of of the f- a declaration of independence by a gentleman by the name of max McLean. of no relation by the way uh, he happens to be a protestant voice talent i, I remember going through my conversion experience and discovering his new testament dramatic reading which was pretty pretty powerful however so we we played that first and then i'm going to set this up so let me let me send this to brother adrian and maybe see if brother adrian can put this on the uh, the video maybe we can comment over this so the first thing i did was i played the narration of the declaration of independence which was masterfully done by max McLean. and i wonder i challenged everybody last week if you if you've not read the declaration sometime to read it over the weekend and i wonder by show of hands how many people did that how many people actually read the Declaration of Independence over the weekend. I'm just curious. Let so us know in the comments. So just
4: a confession so you know, Joe, yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, during mm-hmm. the show, yesterday, the pre-recorded show, I read the first two paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence for everybody. That's awesome. And I was like, you know... Well done, sir. So everyone who listened in yesterday should have gotten at least the first two paragraphs. I went all That's the awesome. way up to the point they started listing things, and then I left it at that. You left it at that. And, uh, you but, ought to you know. listen to the listing things,
2: though, because uh, it actually details a lot of the grievances that the colonials had with the King of England. King George, by the way, so I let my kids... Uh, hear the entire narration of the Declaration of Independence, including the grievances. Then I played King George's response to them. Uh, Now, I don't know if you knew this, you might not have known this, but they actually have a recording of the king responding to the colonies and their rebellion with the the Declaration of Independence. And I want to play that for you, uh, because you probably have never heard the king's recording that they still have you can actually listen to it today do you have that ready is that queued up almost almost it's, uh, so i wonder if you've if you've ever heard this before king george's <laughs> actual response to to the colonials yeah, that's what I, we're going to play heard it. it. i
4: listen i've heard it many times you so. have yeah
2: are you sure mm-hmm. hmm i i'm surprised i want janelle have you ever heard king george respond okay, uh, his you. actual response
3: um. No, hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. have not. You never
2: seen the video. Of it? Well, let's let's no. let's, go wow. ahead and, let's go ahead and roll the film. Uh, somehow, some way, they actually had film back in those days. So let's roll the film of King George's actual response
0: to the July Fourth Declaration. Oh. I love this Yes because I have Have you seen this?
3: I have I think I can sing it by memory me
4: Look at the look goodbye. in his eyes I'm not ashamed to say that I have this memorized Look at the look in his
1: eyes Remember we made an arrangement oh, wow.
4: Ooh, I like the role of the time <laughs> now you're
0: me
4: he, He's got that Hispanic flair
0: Who do you think George could sing?
4: I did
2: Look at this. I like that English accent. Very proper. He thought... Look at that I love intensity his song. in the wow. <laughs> wow.
5: He has a lot of attitude. King,
2: who knew King George responded to
4: it, it's, it was pretty uh, popular back then and who knew he could sing this well did y'all watch the musical
2: no of not course not. Its why would I do that this is the only part that's any good
4: <laughs> what? no yes there's 100, a hundred percent the song uh, there's, there's, there's one of the songs is about um, is uh, one of the uh, people comes in and starts reading the letter from the king and uh, Hamilton's like heckling him and it's pretty funny Oh it's a, this is actually very mesmerizing. It's so good. <laughs> this it's guy's so good. Performance is so mesmerizing.
2: <laughs> what gets me about this? Okay. Gags up. This
4: is from Hamilton. I don't know if you see Hamilton. What? It's not For every actual footage. They were fooled, dude. They were fooled. Everyone thought that it was a video from yeah. King Henry VIII. Yeah. Or not King Henry
3: the Eighth. There were
2: no iPhones at the time. I don't know if you knew that. But at any rate. Look at this guy's intensity. He's staring down the audience as though they are the colonists.
3: I heard that he only blinked three times during this entire... Look, at, <laughs> Look how he's
2: crazy. Look how he only moves the lower jaw. He, the upper part of the face stays perfectly but still. But also,
3: I heard that his entire cloak was super heavy. He could barely move.
2: So was the crown, apparently. Oh, yes. Look at that intensity. Yeah. Like he's going mad.
4: Like... I like how he starts drooling. They're trying to lean into the, yeah. the, the madness, insanity. propaganda. <laughs> I like what he's, there's a line that's coming up, too, about reminding
2: them of my love. And he says there's two lines in this, but the second one is the funniest.
0: Oh, my.
1: <laughs>
0: that's that's Oh, my. Look at that. Look. It's so good. He looks like the Joker. I mean, it's oh, just that what? level of
2: insanity. And then the elbows. Or the shoulders, rather.
4: It's so brilliant. It's a brilliant performance. Mr. Thomas says, I cannot understand the English accent.
9: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, and it, it made me... I think we're good now, dude. I... I It made me actually look up a video on English accents and apparently there's a very, there is a a particular English English accent that's indicative of just the royal family Mm -hmm. and maybe like the most, you know, high class, uh, rich, uh, well-educated echelon of the English society. And what I found fascinating was looking at some of those English accent videos, I thought they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's because Bobby's from this neighborhood in this town, he speaks like that. And that's not always the case. Uh, Sometimes that's not the way that works. I mean, apparently, if you are from that town and you get educated, you lose your accent because it's not with your class. And I found that very, very fascinating uh, on how English people – intentionally stop speaking with their accent because they don't want to sound like country bumpkin, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's
4: kind of weird to me. Uh, Douglas messaged us on, uh, on the back end and said, hi guys. My first comment too. my daughter's flying back from the Dominican Republic today. She's already in Miami. Praise be to God. Douglas, uh, if you'd like to comment underneath the video, that would be better. Um, because I just so happened to have checked. Normally I don't, I don't look at the, uh, our messages, but thanks for uh, commenting. For the yeah, first time. praise be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Douglas. Very
2: grateful. Praise be to God. We love our first time commenters. Praise be to Jesus. Gloria said they spent their time with a farewell celebration to our priest, Father Lewis. He is heading back to Nigeria. We're going to be praying for Father Lewis. Joaquin says they had barbecue and lots of rest. I'm so jealous, Joaquin. Uh, I could sleep another
4: 10 hours right now. We went to Galveston. Mm. we went to Galveston that's you like 4 it. feet from your door 15 minutes uh, west of where we're at and uh, it was great we went to uh, we first we went to mass after mass we went down to Galveston and ate uh, some brunch or I guess lunch at that point point. and then we went home started prepping for a party and we had uh, mariachis come and sing uh, it was great, a lot of fun and uh, then on Monday we went back to Galveston and went segwaying across the city got, got a tour of the city it was great Derek Rodriguez said, roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> you know, the
2: live you know from today from? is a little late. Yep. Do you know what that's from? The bean footage? No. Bean
3: footage? Is that from Mr. Bush, bean? Bush's Beans. beans. Roll what?
2: that beautiful bean footage. I have no idea. Bush's <sighs> Beans. Young people.
3: Is, is, it, wait, I, is yeah. that referring to the brand? Yeah.
2: Yes. Bush's be- Yeah. Uh, back when I used
4: to have cable television, that was one of my favorite commercials. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Um, uh, <laughs> 93 had great comments back at the beginning of the show. I told him I wanted to read it. He said, hi, I'm half native. referring to native Canadian. My mom has, uh, these stories passed to her. She was, she went to school with the nuns and stuff. Uh, they couldn't afford the stones. My relatives was a student and also spoke French and English and helped as an interpreter. Cause she knew, uh, she knew Cree too and understood, wow. uh, and uh, I was like, "That's very interesting." So it was really nice to know that uh, from one of our listeners that they know like personally, personal stories that people who were educated by these nuns and these uh, and these priests, and they were not uh, that it was very clear that they just didn't had, they had unmarked graves. They did not have um, the money for graves, and we that it's not it wasn't some kind of evil, nefarious situation. So yeah, good. thanks ninety three for sharing your uh, your family's history.
2: Yeah, Amen. Amen to that. Praise be to God. Mike K. says the Cavalier accent is the Virginia accent. It was also the accent of Shakespeare. So the proper accent for a performance of one of his plays is Upper American South. Interesting. Yeah, I found it He, you know, big. He'll be big. And push, when push comes to shove, it's so funny. It was. It's just mesmerizing. I showed it to my kids. I don't. I wouldn't let them watch the rest of the g- degeneracy of uh, that has become <laughs> Hamilton. But uh, but uh, listening to that guy perform, it's so mesmerizing. His performance is like, I don't know what it is. It's just. It's it's top tier. Because of the the, the like that look of insanity in his eyes. The actor, you know, and just the, keeping his face perfectly still while his bottom jaw moved like some sort of robot, or I mean, just I don't know. The whole thing was just
3: the fact that he, like, crazy. He, during the entire performance, he only like made sure he blinked three times to That's show how crazy. Insane he was.
2: And then, and then the, the, the 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 spittle that comes out of his oh, mouth yes. when he's trying to enrage, you know, it's just you know. Yeah, don't change the subject. They, my favorite subject. My obedient subject. <laughs> yeah, he said so that he
4: uh, let the, he was like drooling throughout the thing because he wanted to show the madness of king george yeah uh, very interesting very mr thomas interesting. had a great comment excellent 10 what? out of 10 100 he said I don't uh, know. adrian's I don't know. video on the four know. levels Redacted. of hell was yeah. awesome and very informative everyone should watch when they have free time thank you very much thank you colin said oh, that he's man. going to catch it after the show and post it on twitter uh, yeah so you can find it on grn online's youtube channel facebook page and on their twitter channel on the Twitter twitter page uh, it's and, great. It was uh, awesome. Sissel T- is a lot of fun. And the, the other, they have a other co-host that joins in with them. I'm forgetting his name. I think it's Jonathan Von Webers or something wow. like that. He has a, it's a very <laughs> interesting. Jonathan yeah i know right I stick Guy. with jonathan he has a very interesting <laughs> interesting name poor fella um but yeah so he, they were great they were uh, wonderful we had a lot of um dialogue questions answers it was a lot of fun i, I really enjoyed it uh so
2: as i said at the beginning of the first tower i watched two movies over the weekend i watched uh chris pratt in the tomorrow war which is on amazon prime and um i i watched it with uh, the VidAngel filters, which is nice. I love the fact that VidAngel and Amazon are working together so that I can filter all of their content for language and sex and other things. So I was able to eliminate blasphemy and just foul language, things like that. And just, that was nice. And so it was interesting. It was an interesting movie. Uh, is basically uh, Jurassic Park, but with time travel involved. And what, one of the things that got me, so it's about... Aliens destroying the Earth—a familiar theme in film. Why is it Hollywood always? When was the last time we had an alien-themed movie where the aliens were more humanoid than monster? It's been forever. I—I I mean, when was it? The, what was that—that that really spooky uh, a horror movie back in like the eighties? Um,
3: Close Encounters.
2: Nope. They don't even show you the aliens in Close Encounters. That's true. Even in an ET, it's not. It's like a humanoid-ish, kinda. It's a little, you know, creature. But it <laughs> seems like all the all the the last twenty years, the last escape from the body snatchers, or the s- body snatchers. I was gonna say heck? the body snatchers, but body? even those have had, had creatures in them.
3: You
7: yeah, didn't see the creatures, you saw the pods and the pods.: But
2: the, the people were infected, so to speak, yeah. with the aliens or the taken over, are cloned, not yeah. But they I mean, were, we were cloned.:
7: the alien:
2: Oh, There's what it. was that? Oh, what was the um, cocoon? Do you guys remember? Mm-hmm. Did you guys yeah. ever see Cocoon? No. Okay. Yes. It's, kind, it's
3: kind of like... Who am I uh,
2: talking to? I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I'm Catholic. Yeah. At least <laughs> I could talk to somebody who has seen movies. I, I'm I mean, Catholic. These two I don't watch over that here. stuff. Right. Unless you're it's here. on Nickelodeon right. or you're Disney Plus, I don't like see it. like
7: the body snatchers, but they found that. Yeah, it was good. I like Cocoon. Cocoon. They they were they
2: were uh, humanoid like creatures. That was
0: Pod
7: people, that was
2: eighty something, wasn't it? In the eighties. Yeah. Well. It's always monsters. It's always creatures, monsters that are going to destroy humankind. Why is that? Hollywood, give us a movie you know with humans in it again. Make humans great again.
7: And why mm-hmm. are they always angry with us? Why do they X-Files. want to destroy us? Why can't they be friends with us?
4: It because it wouldn't make for good film. There has been movies where they've been friends with us. Oh, yeah, Arrival too. is a famous one that just came out recently. Arrival. Yeah. yeah. But they were creatures, yeah, right? They were creatures. Uh, yeah, they were creatures. Were yeah, they? not
2: humanoids. Were
4: not humanoids.
2: Oh. What is it they about science American. fiction? No, no. They always have to be squid like creatures.
4: They were 100% uh, friendly. They were trying to um, teach language, teach. right? Yeah, they're trying yeah. to teach uh, the humans how to like see the future. It was kind of weird.
7: Hmm. Backwards.
3: What about Avatar? The one with the blue people? Were, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Were was, was that coaching. aliens?
4: Were they aliens?
3: Technically, because they're from a different planet. Oh, though. huh. Yeah. I watched no, an interview with James human.
2: Cameron, who, who made that film, and he said he wanted like you he wanted the listener he wanted the viewer to you know to be in a state of sort of quasi dream world. He he wanted you to not be sure if you were dreaming or not.
3: Interesting. When he made that film, yeah, I think like, he made the movie for in us?
4: psychedelics.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Chris Pratt, interesting character, interest in the film, um, but it felt a little bit like Jurassic Park warmed over to me. I don't know if you, if anybody's seen it, let us know your thoughts. I'd like to know what you thought. Uh, but uh, I was just glad I could filter it with uh, VidAngel. We have to try to maybe interview somebody at VidAngel. That'd be oh, kind of yeah,
3: interesting. Oh, that'd be awesome.
2: The other thing I watch, and I put a link to it for Adrian. Maybe he can show a little clip of it as we talk about it, because I found this fascinating. Since we last week talked to Kendra Tierney <laughs> about the, uh, about uh, Catholic all year and her website and her living liturgically within the family. I discovered, quite by chance, that there was a movie that came out before The Sound of Music. I I did not know this. How many people knew this? Did you know that before they ever made Sound of Music, there was an already film in existence? Um, Are you playing it? No, it's an ad. Oh, bummer. The ads. This is why. It's in German. Mama. It's a film totally in German, but it's very good with the English subtitles. We watched English. the whole thing Maria. as a family.
7: Hello, Marie.
3: Are the songs the same but in German? No, no.
2: The songs aren't the same, um, but there's singing involved. It's very beautifully done. The first scene is of her at the abbey (laughs) and uh, just being joyful and loving her religious life. Apparently, Maria von Schropp is a convert to the church. She stumbled upon a uh, a, uh, Passion Sunday Mass, and it led to her conversion and her vocation. And she was in her novitiate when the baron... Von Trapp asked the Abbey, because his wife had died, if they could supply someone to care for one of his sick children for 10 months. Mm -hmm. It was just one of them. It was just one. And uh, she shows up, and she wanted to be a nun. She was resentful. She didn't want to marry him. Uh, But the uh, mother superior said that God put them into into the path for a reason, and she was obedient to that, and she grew to love her husband, and she especially loved the children. But I I was surprised. This is a good film. It just happens to be in German. But it's easy to read these subtitles and to get totally into it. It's very good.
1: Fascinating. So... This
2: video is on the Von Trapp YouTube channel, and it's in a playlist. So they broke the whole film up into bits, so like 10-minute segments or something, and you can watch the entire film. You just got to watch each individual video. But if you go to the playlist and watch it there, it'll play one after the other after the other, which is what we did. It's very good. I was fascinated by this. Like, who knew? A whole film already produced before they ever made uh, The Sound of Music. I wonder if anybody in the audience has ever seen this or knew about it. I That's it, cool. You don't have to play anymore if you know what. I saw it scroll
7: through
2: my um, my feed. And yeah. <laughs> no, not right now. It's we well, my my. <laughs>
7: this is your sign
3: to watch my, it. Soon. My wife,
2: my wife <laughs> and my like, no, oldest right daughter. My wife, wife and my oldest daughter especially love Maria von Trapp Ooh. and her book. And my oldest daughter, Mary Elizabeth, was so excited to watch this. She got and she she said that the movie was more accurate to Maria von Trapp's book than The Sound of Music was. Oh, so fascinating! It was very very fascinating. I have to
3: watch it, but it may be difficult for my family because they don't appreciate watching movies with subtitles. Oh, oh really? Uh, yeah,
4: my family only watches movies with subtitles. Um, you know, mostly because my sister.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I had thought about that. Yeah, your sister is deaf. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So we watch everything with subtitles. Praise be to God. I, uh, I'll i never forget in Hawaii, I was dating uh, a young lady uh, from China, and she would take me to Chinatown in Honolulu, and we would go to the theater, and we watched Jackie Chan movies. And, uh, and they were all in, um, I think they were in Mandarin, with English subtitles. And, you know, by the first, when I first started out, I'm like, oh, this is, how is this going to work? This ain't going to be good. Are you kidding me? But by halfway through the film, I forgot I was reading them. I was so <laughs> engrossed in the film, I totally forgot I was reading.
7: Well, I mean, you must have grown up watching Bruce Lee movies. Of the course. Kung fu but they were all English overdubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat>
2: Remember the whole jokes some, throughout the 80s yeah, oh, of yeah. the comedians <laughs> making fun of kung fu movies <laughs> with their, ma- their mouth was not matching what they were saying? <laughs> kind of like my video here. Right, Adrian? <laughs> not anymore. Ouch.
9: Ouch, <laughs> ow. Ouch! Ouch! Ooh.
2: Shots fired. Um, Mike K and Josh Patterson are having a conversation about, to talk about
4: about Shakespeare's uh, <clears throat> about what was the dialect that Shakespeare would have spoken, and what would have uh, what is the proper way to read. Shakespeare, the no. huge debate no. among... The bigger debate is whether Shakespeare was Catholic or not. That's uh, not really a huge debate. That's a big debate. Uh, there's Isn't more of it? a debate on whether or not he existed than whether or not he was Catholic. Come but, now! Um, yes, there is. Yeah. But uh, the but yeah, Shakespeare, the argument about whether or not, what his accent was, I completely disagree with Josh. Mike is right. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> Ouch! Uh, don't Ooh. at me. Um, but don't, don't, don't at me. But you feel Your free to text hilarious. me. Hilarious. But yeah, so... it'd be like that but yeah shakespeare was probably catholic it was it's pretty well evidenced that he was uh that his family at least his parents were um heads up we detected copyrighted audio in your video in your stream your stream may be temporarily blocked i we were commenting uh over it the whole time this is what happens anyway the uh if we're not taken down then we'll continue Uh, but the, uh, yeah, so it's super, it's very interesting. It's very interesting indeed. Uh, but yeah, he was definitely, I think he was Catholic. I read, um, what's his name? I'm trying to think of his name at the moment, forgetting it, but he has a great book on, uh, the, whether or not Shakespeare was Catholic, and then he has another book, like, from the historical perspective, and then he has another book about reading his uh, plays and seeing how the Catholic faith is imbued into his plays and how you can uh, see that very clearly when you read his plays. Um, and, they, yeah, but his parents were recusant Catholics, meaning they were underground Catholics during the uh, Anglican uh, destruction of the church, the Anglican persecution of the Catholics. Very interesting. His family was known to have, uh, and here's another evidence that he was Catholic, that it was documented that Shakespeare never attended an England service. Now, a lot of modern scholars will take that as he was an atheist, uh, but... More likely, because nobody at that time was atheist, it was inc- incredibly uncommon, but the, uh, but at the time, it would have been more common that if you did not attend Mass, because if you atti- did not attend Anglican service, that was actually a crime. You were required to go to Anglican service. Um, so the fact that he didn't, and there's no document of where else he went, it was probable that he was attending Catholic Masses uh, secretly. So, yeah. very interesting. We should get Brand on. Professor Brand. Is that? Who, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Brand is brilliant. But, you know, I I would love to have him on to talk about Chaucer. That'd be cool. Well, we can start with Shakespeare and we go to Chaucer. How about that? He speaks Old English. I know. That's super cool. And he has, I, it's crazy. He also has a knighthood, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's oh, a knight wow. of St. George. Yeah. Yeah, he wears the green. It's super cool. It's super rare, especially in America, to have knights of St. George. Yeah. I've interviewed him, but it's been a very
2: long time since I have. So maybe we should get him on. That'd be interesting. His kids know Old English. Yeah. Uh, Betty brings up the fact, going back to the whole alien thing of uh, my, my criticisms of Hollywood and their uh, only working with the monsters is she reminds me of Star Trek. Uh, apparently there are many, uh, you know, and you're right. Star Trek had many humanoid like aliens on that show for sure. They also had monsters too, but they definitely had a lot of humanoids and that's true. Praise be to God for that. But <laughs> otherwise, these suspense movies, they're all monsters that, you know, are crazy
3: Or, like, scare jumps?
2: I just feel like it's been done a bunch of times. Like, there was nothing original in that regard. The only thing that made it interesting was the uh, sort of the the time travel component to the film made it interesting from a, you know, sort of an intellectual concept of how things work or whatever. But uh, but at any rate... um, Movies like that also create great anxiety, and I think that's what they want. Mm. Josh is, like, adding you right now. He is going to... Stop adding me. At you like she a madman. Text mad me man. instead. <clears throat> add, <laughs> you like add you like a madman. Add? No, at. At. Yeah. At. At. at you. That's what I said.
4: Uh-huh. 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 Oh, people.
2: I got asked to lie to the cops over the weekend.
3: Oh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't.
2: I did. Some About somewhat. what? Uh, there was a... There was a, a a couple of young men in a uh, pick-em-up truck in, Pick our, neighbor- them up truck. in <laughs> our neighborhood that decided they would uh, let loose the tires and, and uh, you know, come blazing through the neighborhood. They lost control of their vehicle oh, no. and uh, slammed into a light pole. Ooh. And by the grace of God, they, I mean, it could have been way worse. By the grace of God, that's all they did. Well, when, um, when a relative showed up, they, uh, they asked me if I would lie to the cops. And I said, there's no way I'm going to lie to the cops no possibility ain't ain't gonna happen but i thought that was interesting they were trying to say but blah 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 blah. i'm like listen you 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 break it you buy it okay (laughs) you you were speeding through the neighborhood hopefully you're learning a lesson today and uh and life will go on i promise this won't be the end of it it was by the grace of god they didn't hit anybody else they didn't destroy anybody else's property other than the light pole in the neighborhood um, but, uh, no, not going to lie. So sorry. Yeah. I guess that music means we're done today. Praise be to God. It was a fun show. We survived it. We're back into the saddle. Hopefully tomorrow we'll, we'll have another great program. We have Mr. Norman Fulkerson on to talk about piety, patriotism in the 4th of July with about Colonel Ripley with a subject we ha- I've covered in the past. So we'll have that conversation. I'm not sure who else will be on tomorrow, but we'll, we'll work on that. Hopefully we'll have two guests on for the first hour. Of course, our game show. Father Matig is coming up. Bishop Athanasius Snyder is coming up. Uh, General, um, uh, what's his name? General Boykin could be on the program. He formed Delta Force. We're going to talk about national security with him. He's kind of a big deal. Plus, defunding the police uh, leading to the rise in crime. That's on the agenda this week, too. God love you. God bless you. Thank you you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the